that. Escape Room Tournament of Champions. I had seen the original and really enjoyed it. I think it came out in 2020 or 2019. It was a really fun PG-13 version of Saw. The Saw franchise is very mean-spirited. It's mean. The traps are mean. That's not to say Escape Room's traps aren't mean, but they're just... You really feel like you have a chance in the escape room. If you find yourself caught up in a saw trap, you may escape with your life, but you're going to be irreversibly maimed mentally and physically. Zoe, played by the breathtakingly gorgeous Taylor Russell and Ben Miller, played by Logan Miller, are survivors from the first film. Ben and Zoe, you just want them to fuck. Oh my God. Just fucking kiss already. You can cut the tension with a knife. We get a little continuation thing at the beginning, so we're leading right into it. I don't even remember everything that happened in the original escape room. I just remember having fun. It was a fun time. They're trapped in the rooms. They have to escape the puzzles. And now they want to go after the company. Everything's done by a company named Minos. Or that kind of sets up one of the big metaphors of what this series is all about, in my opinion. And another way that it really differentiates from the Saw franchise, this is about people and human welfare versus corporate greed and capitalism. And the idea that average people are going to solve their problems and go up against a faceless, powerful corporation that caters to the disgustingly rich elite. And what makes a good sequel a good sequel? It takes the original idea, it doesn't destroy it, but it builds on top of it and maybe expands it in some way that is interesting enough that leaves hooks in that we're not going to see the exact same thing as perhaps we saw the last time. It's like, you don't want to see the same thing that you saw the last time, but you also want to see the thing that made what came before it so successful and appealing in the first place. It's a difficult balance. Aliens does it really well. Terminator 2 does it really well. Both Jim Cameron properties. Guillermo del Toro did it phenomenally in Blade 2 with vampire vampires. That's right. Vampires who prey on other vampires and have hearts encased in bone. Love that. In this case, it's a little bit more simple. These escape rooms are themed, and now they are bringing together all of the survivors from a bunch of different themed escape room competitions that they've had in the past. Because the wealthy people, they're betting on who's going to beat out the others in this puzzle-like competition. However, one of the things that I really like about these escape room movies is that you can't really be in competition with those who are in the escape room with you. You have to work together. It's all about teamwork. So even though there can only be one or that they only want there to be one, they still need to come together and work together. They can't be antagonistic towards each other. Do they get antagonistic? Of course people do. Of course. Of course they get antagonistic. In fact, if they do a third movie, which they've kind of set up a little bit, I very much want to see an escape room now give us that antagonism full on where everybody's in competition. Mind you, I liked the camaraderie. I liked the teamwork. It made me care about the characters so much more than if they were against each other. We always see that in everything. Squid Games, Q, 
Cube. Everybody's always against each other, competing against each other. Hunger Games. The Long Walk by Stephen King, which has not been made into a movie yet, but needs to, and I cannot wait for that to happen. One of my most anticipated adaptations. Point being is we are introduced to the sole survivors of a bunch of different themes. One of them was priests. One of them was people who didn't feel pain. They're all brought together in a subway car and it's a reveal. It's a great reveal too. Everybody knows the game. We think that Zoe is going to have to explain the rules and what's going on to everybody, but everybody already knows what's up. We can bypass the exposition step. We can bypass that small exposition expository step and instead we're given slight hints of character development particularly from the guy the first death which comes from a dude who has a hearing aid he lost his hearing his eardrum burst from a pressurized submarine capsule and that's all we're given about his previous experience he also talks about how it's his wife's birthday and how he hates being late these tiny little details made me care. I actually cared. I cared for everybody's well-being from the get-go. Instead of just being cannon fodder in whatever number sequel this was. It is number two. You know, normally when I look and see something is rated PG-13, it really kind of like bums me out if it's like horror. But... I gotta say, the Escape Room franchise has done a really great job of working in the PG-13 space. All of the traps are not mean-spirited like the Saw, as we differentiated earlier, but they have a nasty bite to them, like being electrocuted or being dissolved in acid or being sliced with lasers. This bite that each one of the traps has raises the stakes, whether they get out of the trap or not. The stakes feel raised in the best way possible. So anyway, they're going through the traps. They're in New York City, by the way. So they're doing all the traps. They're in New York City. They're actually in the bowels of New York City. And boy, they have really... How do they get this building permits to build beneath the city and create this elaborate death trap? Series of death traps. The big reveal comes in the form of Amanda Harper, played by Deborah Ann Wool. She is the redhead. She's the prodigy of Bill, the vampire, in True Blood. She was in the first movie. We didn't see her die. We just saw her fall. And she says, if you didn't see it, then it did not happen. However, we didn't see the priest die, and he seemed to remain dead after the movie. Maybe they will retcon that in, if they do end up making a third one. And she reveals that she designed all of these traps and now they want Zoe. They want Zoe to design the traps. And you're thinking, oh Amanda, how could you have done this to your friends? And they're holding her daughter hostage and that's how. We never see the daughter. It's just a stupid little plot thing. But they use it to establish what they're going to do to Zoe because they want Zoe, who's the brilliant puzzle master genius that she is, to design their next group of traps and they use Ben drowning in a tank as leverage and Zoe figures out using her super smart brain she figures out a way to get them out of the situation and she thinks everything's wrapped up and of course it's not of course everything is a trap within a trap within a trap it's a matrix within a matrix within a matrix and as it turns out they're still in the game to be continued I really just want to highlight the protagonist Zoe played by Taylor Russell she's awesome dude she's awesome I want her in every horror movie and I just might get my wish because she's in that new cannibal film with uh, Timothy Dude called Bones and All. I didn't even recognize her. This movie, Bones and All, might be my most anticipated horror film of the year. I'm sad that it's not coming out in October. I cannot wait to see this movie. Big fan of cannibal movies. Trailer looked amazing, and I hate watching trailers. Zoe has Sydney energy. And what do I mean by Sydney energy? Sydney Prescott final girl energy. In my opinion, Sydney Prescott, she was the greatest final girl there ever was, beating out Laurie Strode and all the rest. 
Jennifer Love Hewitt, what have you, all of them. And Zoe stands right next to Sydney. Together, they could stop anything if they wanted to. I'm ready for Escape Room 3. I, I hope that the title is E3. Maybe they will be trapped in a cube. Oh my God, give me a crossover sequel between Cube and Escape Room and call it E3 Extreme! Ah!